Welcome to Club Toolbox, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Club Toolbox is a podcast that delivers an industry perspective on all things entertainment. We are using a toolbox as our example because we all need effective tools to navigate and build on our own experiences and education. Our guests are artists, producers, managers, agents, educators, legal experts, and innovators, to name a few. Today's guest is entertainment attorney Cassandra Ramsey. I met Cassandra through the Washington Area Lawyers for the Arts. We'll get right into it. Cassandra, first, thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Stephen. I'd like to thank you for having me up here today. Sure. Uh, For people who are wondering, what is this Washington Area Lawyers for the Arts? Tell us a little bit about this wonderful organization. Yes, the Washington Area Lawyers for the Arts is a wonderful resource and organization for anybody hoping to pursue a career in in the arts in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They host educational opportunities so that you can learn about what's going on in the industry. And they also have a pro bono service program where attorneys like myself volunteer to assist those in the industry with any legal needs that they may have. Yeah, and and I know because I used to intern there (laughs) many moons ago. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the who, the what, the how. Who needs an entertainment attorney? Pretty much anybody who is working in the industry, whether you're an artist, a musician, or an, an athlete, there may be times where you run into an issue where it would be beneficial to have an attorney, such as having them review a contract, or perhaps you need some contracts drafted for your business. Perhaps you have a stage name or something that you go by and you want to look into protecting that name through a trademark, or you have written music and performed and recorded that music and you want to make sure that you have um, your copyright protections. So anybody falling into those categories can certainly benefit from a sports and entertainment attorney. Uh, what will you typically do for, for your clients? What's, um, what's the process? So I can assist them with contract drafting, contract review, with applying for a federal trademark, with applying for um, copyright, um, and I can also assist them on the business side, like helping them establish their business and create their business, or you know, just simply understanding what those concepts mean, like what is a LLC, what is a trademark, what is a copyright. Right, right. Um, you know, help artists and entertainers by reviewing any contract that they may have, or if there's someone like I worked with someone before who had a music distribution company and I helped them draft a contract for their music distribution company. Um, same in the film company. I worked with someone who had a film company and I helped them draft their shopping agreement and a non-disclosure agreement. So, you know, there it's a myriad of ways that I can assist or that you know, any entertainment attorney can assist someone working in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um... So you gave us a couple of uh, of examples just there. Let me uh, let me speak to my situation, which is how I I, I came across your information and ended up uh, contacting you. I was needing help with a uh, a show concept for uh, a TV talent show, and um, I was told by a few people 
you know, in the industry, this is a intellectual property. You, you need to be careful in, in protecting it, even at this juncture. Uh, I've suggested that I have a non-disclosure agreement ready, a confidentiality agreement. So talk a little bit um, uh, about that. Um, what are those documents for those who don't know? Well, a non-disclosure agreement is, you know, kind of similar to what it sounds like. It's an agreement where, like, if you have a show concept or something that you want to discuss with other people, but you don't want them to be able to share your idea with anybody else, you know, you would have them sign that. And it essentially, like, kind of operates as a confidentiality agreement. And, you know, it allows you to protect your work while still being able to discuss potential opportunities um, for the work. Right, right. Okay, yeah. Um, we've all heard of uh, registering your music through uh, the copyright uh, process. That's uh, not new, but certainly uh, still needs to be done, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. So one thing to understand about copyright, which differentiates itself from trademark, is that once you create something, and in the legal terminology, right, once you create, like, a body of work that is fixed in a tangible medium of expression. That's that's what the legal jargon is. What that means is once you create something that has been like written down or put in a motion where it can be perceived or heard by others, you have copyright protection. So you don't necessarily have to register with the copyright office in order to have copyright protection. It is granted as soon as you complete the work. But there are benefits to registering with the copyright office, and you certainly should register your work with the copyright office because if you should find yourself in a position where someone may be infringing on your rights, you need to have that federal registration with the copyright office in order to bring suit. And the earlier that you register your work, you also get more benefits. Um, for registering your copyright, such as, you know, you can recoup more in attorney fees if you have a situation that has to go to litigation. Hmm. Yeah, uh, legal standing of utmost importance. Uh, yes. What would you tell an artist who's just starting out? Because not everybody is successful and wealthy and can just go hire an attorney anytime they want. So if you're just starting out, do you need an attorney? And if you do, how do you go about finding one? So there are always, you know, opportunities to benefit from having legal counsel at any stage in your career. Uh, you know, like I talked about with the copyright, you know, you may be aware that, you know, you may not necessarily need to register in order to have copyright protection, but an attorney can help clarify for you the benefits of going ahead and pursuing getting that registration. On the trademark side, um, you definitely want to go ahead and maybe speak with an attorney or, you know, attend some type of legal seminar on trademarks because you don't want to waste time building a brand around a, a mark or a stage name, you know, that you won't be able to use. Like I said earlier, that copyright differentiates itself from trademark and that you are granted a copyright once you create the work. Trademark doesn't work like that. You have to use the mark in what they call interstate commerce, right? So there are certain requirements that has to be met before you can be granted uh, um, trade, a federal trademark registration. So being able to be aware of that and making sure that you're not building a brand on somebody else's trademark that could potentially infringe and then they could make you stop. So you would have spent all of this time building a brand and business around one thing just to find out later that you can't use it. So, you know, with that in mind, you can benefit from having discussions with attorneys at almost every you know stage of your 
career. You know, it, we see all these independent labels popping up everywhere. It's changed the game literally in distribution. Um, if, if you have, uh, um, you know, some skill and talent in the music field, almost anyone can, can start their own independent label. What do you think uh, is, is um, a good uh, approach in that situation? If you're an independent label owner, do you go out and hire yourself an entertainment attorney right away? Uh, do you wait till you get established a little bit? Can you, can you give us advice on that scenario for the indie labels out there? I think that the sooner you talk to an attorney, the better. Um, just because of the points that I just raised about making sure that you're not building a brand that could infringe on somebody else's rights and that you're taking the steps to protect yourself and your brand, making sure that you have the proper contracts in place. Um, I understand, you know, for a lot of independent artists and music distribution companies, they may not have, you know, the financial resources to hire an attorney right out of the gate. Well, that's where the benefit of organizations like Washington Area Lawyers for the Arts come into play because they host, you know, educational events on these topics where you can attend the event and, you know, be able to learn a little bit about the legal side and the business side of the industry. Yeah, that, uh, that that's such a, a good point. You've got to kind of do your, your, your research and attend these workshops and seminars and listen to these podcasts uh, so you can um, you can have a handle on which direction to go, even from the very start. Well, that's all great info. So you've been a sports and entertainment attorney for um, how long? For a, a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. How did you decide to uh, to get into this field? Yeah, I played basketball, um, and I always had an interest in the law. I was one of those, you know, weird people who knew what I wanted to do from a very, very young age. Uh -huh. So, you know, once I got into law school, you know, I kind of wanted to find a way to, you know, put my interest together with sports and music. And the career as an entertainment attorney definitely, um, you know, was shown to me and is what I decided to pursue. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's news to me. I didn't know you came from a sports background as well. I, too, have come from a sports background. I played semi-pro football uh, into my 30s. Um, but uh, I, I did always, uh, full disclosure, have an interest in, in uh, the entertainment law field. I went to Howard and studied music business. And I was, you know, thinking, okay, maybe I'll just go be an entertainment attorney. Uh, but I guess my uh, my creative side won out. Um, I decided to stick with uh, making music and getting into the business uh, of it all. For someone who decides to go the entertainment attorney route, and it, again, I got to specify sports and entertainment these days. It's not just entertainment um, attorney for the purposes of music and, and, and so forth. Um, so what advice w w would you give them? I would tell them to try to find as many opportunities to work in the industry. There are now a lot of um, internship programs that, are, that have been created that you can get into you know, while you're an undergrad. And if you're already in law school, while you're in law school, uh, try to attend a law school. Or if you're already in law school, look for course offerings that have sports and entertainment law courses and try to take those courses. Even if your law school doesn't have specifically sports and entertainment law courses, if they have intellectual property related courses, such as trademark, copyright, you don't want to take those courses because those are really the foundation that you will need to be a sporting 
became an attorney. Mm-hmm. And that's true across the board. Any any courses you take in law school can prepare you for this field because, you know, you can have a labor and employment issue. So you can, you know, take like a labor law class that would have, that you would learn things that would transfer over to the industry. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, immersing yourself in the industry and trying to find every opportunity that you can take. And even if you can't find an opportunity, create some for yourself, start writing about these topics, start a podcast to talk about these topics just to kind of assert yourself in the industry and give you a way to network. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are, um, you know, we live in this strange world, you know, the pandemic and climate and politics and social media has changed everything, it seems, in the past 10 years. Uh, and I'm sure it's affected, um, you know, your career as a sports entertainment attorney. Um, what are some of the, the pitfalls that you've seen um, or that we maybe should look out for? Um, perhaps one that many may be familiar with is, um, you know, I was going to say you want to look at any contract that you enter and make sure that it is the best deal for you. Okay. If we can just think, you know, very recently back to when Dave Chappelle mm. um, made a very public issue of him not getting any royalties from his Chappelle show. Mm. And, you know, just pretty much took to YouTube and did... Uh, um, I don't know if you would call it a comedy, but definitely a program on it where he asked his fans, you know, not to support the show because they weren't paying him. And then that opened up the door for him to be able to um, kind of get out of that contract that he signed when he was young. So, you know, that is definitely something that you want to look out for and why it would be beneficial to have an entertainment attorney or sports attorney to help you with those things so you make sure that you don't end up in something while you're young that affects you, you know, well on into the rest of your career. Yeah, something we've seen over and over and over again, uh, even to this day. Uh, Chappelle, a, a homeboy from D.C., he's, he's made out okay despite, but not everybody can walk away from $50 million and not can completely uh, regret it and, and uh, not have a comeback. Um, so, speaking of these issues, anything going on in, 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 in legislation or any kind of laws maybe coming down um, that you know about that you can share with us? Um, I think I think it would be good here to just mention one of the more recent laws that's come down in the music industry, which is the Music Modernization Act. Hmm. Um, you know, that law was signed into law back in 2018 mm-hmm. to kind of modernize the music industry and make it um, easier for streaming services to you know, play artists' music and for artists to be able to receive their royalties for their music being played on those um, streaming platforms. And one thing that happened this year that came out of the act was the um, Mechanical Licensing um, Collective. And you know, that's a nonprofit organization that is going to administer those licenses to the streaming services and that will work with songwriters, composers, and lyricists to make sure that they all get paid. So that is definitely one of the more recent developments that come from a law that all artists should be aware of to make sure that they are receiving the appropriate royalties for their music. Uh, that's very interesting. That's the first I've heard of that, uh, a, a collective for, uh, for, for that purpose. Yeah, it's called the Mechanical Licensing Collective. The Mechanical Licensing Collective. Okay. All right. Well, this is... Um, it was a byproduct of the um, Music Modernization Act. Okay. All right. Well, you know, for those of, uh, of us who want to look in, into more of that, how can we find out more information about that? Um, definitely. I know you mentioned Google earlier, but yeah, a Google search of the Music Modernization Act mm-hmm. or a um, 
Mechanical Licensing Collective can definitely give you more information on that. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, you can speak with an attorney about it, you know, if you have any more in-depth questions for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to go do that. Um, well, so uh, tell us about um, what you've got going on, any kind of uh, endeavors or projects, um, anything you want to tell the listeners. Yes, I have some things um, kind of on the sports side right now. I'm not sure how much you follow or your listeners may follow, but name, image, and likeness in college sports has been a hot topic. Um, in ju- Beginning on July 1st, college athletes gained the ability to profit from their name, image, and likeness, and many athletes have taken that opportunity to pursue their careers in music by being able to, you know, do a cover at a restaurant or something, you know, mm-hmm. that they weren't able to do and make money for before those laws change. So I recently um, launched my second ebook on the topic. My second one is called The NIL Era, What College Athletes Need to Know. And I discuss those topics about how you can show all of your interests outside of sports. So if you are an athlete who also has a passion for music, you know, like like you and, and, and I did, um, how you can use those NIL opportunities to get the most out of your sport and your um, music. Wow, um, that's two uh, mind-blowing uh, pieces of information you just gave us right there. Uh, game-changing. Um, certainly was not even on the radar uh, when I was in school back in the 90s trying to figure out how I'm going to, to, to do this uh, entertainment business and also be an athlete. Uh, had to make a choice, uh, really. Um but um, okay, um, that was just um, outstanding and enlightening in so many ways. Uh, I hope our listeners can can take something away from this. Um, I hate to even cut it short here. It seems like we could go on for another hour just on those two things you just mentioned. So anyway, uh, I have to end the show here. Uh, you've been great. I want to thank you for giving us this information. Um, and and uh, most of all for doing it in kind, as they say. Uh, usually when we talk attorneys, we start to see, you know, dollar signs. Uh, so um, thank you. Uh, and if you're, you're doing business in the Washington, D.C. area, folks, um, Cassandra, tell us where uh, or how we can get in touch with you. Um, yeah, so I have two websites. One is my law firm website, which is www.cassandraramseylegal.com, and my Cassandra is spelled with a K. And then I have another website, which is www.theaspirecoach.com, and on that website, you can also reach out to me, and that is where you can find my own ebook entitled The NIL Era What College Athletes Need to Know. All right. Um... And, and, and also, I'll give the information uh, for Washington Area Lawyers for the Arts right behind that, which is WALADC.org, where you also can find Cassandra. Uh, their number is 202-289-4440. That's org 202-289-4440. This concludes our podcast for now. Uh, I've learned a lot. I hope you have too. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can stay informed on our upcoming programs. We will make this available in our archive. Uh, We get a lot saucier here on Club Toolbox. 
uh, with Hot Topics, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, that'll be hosted by Jonathan Poe, uh, broadcast journalist. Uh, we'll be delving into an array of topics for the literary, visual, and performing artists in you, and maybe even the entertainment attorney in you after hearing this podcast. Again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.